the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Difference Makers. I'm Mike Lee, Director of Local Ministries for True Talk 800, now on 106.3 FM in East Portland and Vancouver, 93.9 KPDQ, AM 860 The Answer, KPAM, La Patrona 1640, 93.1 El Rey and 104.1 The Fish, and Friday, October 6th, the 2023 KPDQ Pastor Appreciation Breakfast is sponsored by Pathways Clinic Family and Pregnancy Resource Center, Capital Ministries, and Glue. He gets us. If you're a pastor or ministry leader, let us thank you, starting at 8 a.m. with a delicious breakfast, fun, and fellowship, plus keynote speaker Darren Mulligan. He's the lead singer of the band We Are Messengers, plus worship led by Ben Fuller. KPDQ wants to honor all worship leaders and production team members, plus pastors, associate pastors, ministry leaders, and key staff members who serve at your church. So, invite the whole team and their spouses to this free event. Secured gated parking is absolutely free at the Doubletree by Hilton in Portland. Just register online now at kpdq.com. That's kpdq.com for the 2023 KPDQ Pastor Appreciation Breakfast. I'd love to talk with you about expanding your ministry, business, or school beyond your walls, establishing yourself as an authority in your field, and becoming more known through radio, podcasting, and events. And most importantly, if your ministry leader or pastor could use a phone call, word of encouragement, cup of coffee, or connection to others, please email me at mikelee at kpdq.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-E-E at kpdq.com. The most beloved aspect of my job as director of local ministries, is meeting interesting people and finding out their story. And in this case, today's very special guest is an old friend. It's the queen herself, Arlene McLean, who is an author after serving many years in the Portland metropolitan area as a sales expert, account executive, those who have circles in various chambers of commerce in the Christian Chamber of Commerce of the Northwest know my pal Arlene, who served at Salem Media Group not once, but twice for many, many years. Is that right, Arlene? Yes, that is. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's good to be here. Are you kidding? I love getting together with old friends. And in this case, Arlene, I see a big smile on your face. So I need to ask you, how is retirement from the broadcasting sales industry treating you now that you are an author? Oh, it's so exciting. Um I really enjoyed my career in radio, and it, it is funny how quickly you can kind of get out of the loop, but I, I'm i enjoying it. It's like I'm picking up new things, new volunteering for new ministry things and writing, and that's taking quite a bit of time, so it's I like it. But I still pray for the station and all the people here, because it's, it's, it's a time of, of working really hard, so... It's a bizarre, interesting office, and it starts at the top, obviously, we're seeking to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. but 
our longtime general manager, Dennis Hayes, is just the best boss I personally have ever had in my entire career. And he's also a pastor. He's also a family man. So I've never had such a kid and family friendly office as this one. So I've had better titles, shorter commutes, better money and benefits, <laughs> <laughs> but never a better office camaraderie than we're blessed with here. And, you know, personally, I miss having you in all these meetings, Arlene, because you were our go to person. You were the one who was fearless and shameless enough to stand up at the end of the meeting and bring up the issue everyone else wanted addressed, but we didn't want it held against us because we knew Arlene was going to take care of us. Oh, sweet. Know that you are dearly missed. Sweet. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So how long has it been since you've officially had your last day at Salem Media to not only enter retirement, but Fulfill your passion as an author. You know, I retired at the end of December last year. So it's this is my first year. And I always say anything that you do the first year is the hardest. So it's been a really fun year of adjustments and learning about myself and about, you know, how to do what I want to do. But I've always wanted to be a writer. And so it just came down to the point where God was like, I need you to focus on this full time or else this is never going to get to published. So that's what we're working on. So how long has the writing dream and vision been on your heart, Arlene McLean? Probably since I was about 12 years old. I have always wanted to be a writer. And I spent a lot of my life, like people do, um, trying to fund my dream, trying to balance working hard and doing the dream, and you keep dreaming. But I've recently realized that God had me go through that period of working so hard and not just being a writer, so I had something to write about. So that's all good. You have to live life and your dreams at the same time. Sure. Well, you certainly have developed enough content over the years, both incredibly funny, but also tragic and grieving at other moments. Yes. it's And, and I honestly think that humor, I'm just like everybody else out there. I need encouragement. I go through hard times and I do question, you know, God, really, why is this happening? Why is that happening? And I think right now everybody needs an extra dose of encouragement. And so that's really the focus of what I'm doing now is finding ways to encourage people, our pastors with the pastors events, um, people in general, everyone is really needing a little bit more of an, an encouragement. And certainly COVID didn't help that. <laughs> it did not. <laughs> It changed a lot, didn't it? We're like, oh, yeah. So as much fun as I am always going to have catching up with an old friend, it would be remiss of me to not ask about your new book. Can you give us the big picture? Yes, here's the big picture. The book is called, Really God, Are You Kidding Me? Trusting God When Life Isn't Funny. And it does have a bunch of humorous little stories. And basically, it's a tool to help you engage more closely with the Lord. So I'll tell a little short story, uh, maybe, you know, four or five paragraphs, and then I will introduce, that introduces the topic, and then you have a chance to give your thoughts on it. It's an interactive devotional. It's not, hey, here's what I think, what do you think? It's a, you know, it's going to give you time to process through that in your journal. Then we go and ask, what does God think about this topic? So it has Bible verses written out in there so that you can go from there and then write them out yourself. And I found that that really helps you hear from the Lord when you write out Bible verses. It slows your mind down enough. And then um, after that, there's a time of, okay, this is what I say. This is what you say. This is what God says. 
Let's talk about this in a conversation style in your journal. And so you're invited to answer a few more questions. Pretty simple. And then there's a prayer time, a little prayer, and then also just a key point. But they're all individual topics, so you can just pick one. Say you're struggling today with anger or stress or I don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to work. Any of those topics, there's a there's a devotional. There's a short little, I call them topical, but there's a short little topic on that that you can explore. I love it. And I just want to thank you for giving me the privilege of one of the earlier editions that you asked a select few people to kind of pre-read and give input. So for me personally, I'm a very bad reader. I have never been officially diagnosed, but I suspect I have some comprehensive issues that make it so much easier for me to listen to an audiobook than to actually read an article, much less a book. Mm -hmm. So I must tell you, friends, that really, God, are you kidding me? Trust in God when life isn't funny by Arlene is a very digestible book. And it's got wonderful content and tidbits in it, but it's not to be intimidated by. It's an easy read. Yeah, and we found a lot of people are buying it as gifts. So it's been on early release a little bit. Now it's officially out. But um, people are saying, you know, this is genuinely humble enough and gracious enough that I don't feel nervous giving it to my friends who are struggling. So that's been really, it's been neat to see that. But yeah, I try, I'm stressed. I don't want a big book that tells me how to do all this stuff. I just want someone to come alongside and encourage me. And and part of it is listening and talking with God is the most important part. I want people to fall in love with the Lord. I want them to have a deeper relationship. And I want us to fall in love with the Bible again. Well, you've certainly been through the ringer. Has there been anything that God has seen you through in more recent years that you believe are especially valuable for this new book? You know, it's interesting. I My history is I've been divorced a long time ago. My husband was unfaithful. I married the love of my life. We were married for 17 years, and he got cancer and died. And that was about eight years ago. And then three years after he passed away, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. So all of these things happened in a very, I would say, a short period of time. But um, the issue was that that's how I kind of stumbled onto really God, because I stood there when I was diagnosed with cancer. I said, really, God, are you kidding me? Now I have cancer? Because I had been writing about Paul's, my husband's struggle with cancer, and I thought, gee, my mom had cancer. My husband died of cancer. I have cancer. I, I think cancer are my people group. And I was like, Lord, what, what are you doing there? But I also realized at that point that when my husband died, I was devastated. I was angry at God. And I had seen how he had taken me in those three years to a different relationship with him so that when that happened, I was like, huh, I don't know where we're going with this, but I trust you and I think that you're going to you're gonna make this okay. So even though really difficult things have happened, the amazing thing is those really difficult things have made it possible to do the writing now. If Paul, my husband, hadn't died, I wouldn't be able to retire now a little bit earlier than most people and collect Social Security as a widow so that funds my lifestyle. My, you know, everything else is paid for. So it's, it's giving me an opportunity to do this work. But you look at it when something bad happens and you go, well, that's terrible. And then you look at it down the road and you go, well, I see why we, why we're going through this. So 
by no fault of your own, your first marriage had ended pretty ugly. It and did. yet, God blessed you with Paul. So, yeah. are you comfortable with sharing the story about you two getting together? Because it's a story that I loved. Oh, I I do love the story. Paul and Paul was we were in a bigger church, and uh, I had decided that the church that I was in, all the bachelors there were going to be bachelors till rapture, and I wanted to get married. <laughs> and so I said, huh, I'm going to go to a different church. And I through radio, I had heard uh, Bill Ritchie. And he was had a radio program on here years ago, probably thanks to Mike who set it up. Yeah, <laughs> but, brand new uh, was yeah. uh, well before my time. Oh, was it? From Crossroads Church in Vancouver. A beloved show, Pastor Bill Ritchie was an amazing, amazing teacher, teacher in person, but also on the air five days a week yeah. with that beautiful radio program. We have great radio, like Ron Mel, always ministry, even though he's gone on to the Lord. It's like we this station has wonderful programs, so... Anyway, so I'm sitting in this singles group behind this man who is answering all these questions, and I'm like, gosh, he seems really smart, and I'm going to need a really smart husband because, you know, I'm kind of a strong-willed woman, as most anyone will tell you. (laughs) And uh, I said, "Ah, I wonder who that is. So I did the mature thing, and I kicked the back of his chair, (laughs) and he swung around, (laughs) and uh, I said, well, I'm going to keep an eye on him. So I kept an eye on him for quite a while, and then we went to a – this is probably the story you're thinking about. We went to a um, a singles event, and at the time he said – he didn't know how old I was, and I didn't know how old he was, but I'm deaf, pretty deaf, and I wear hearing aids and was once told that I would be completely deaf by the time I was 45, which didn't happen. So I'm telling this story to Paul, who's sitting across the table from me. We don't really know each other very well. And he tells me later that he had this conversation with God. He said, when I told him that, he said to God, he goes, God, I can't be with her. She's defective. And God instantly answered back, dude, you've got one eye. Because Paul had lost his eye to cancer. He had ocular melanoma. And so I thought that was the funniest thing that had happened. I've been blessed with very funny people in life. And I was like, yeah, there's, but, and it, as it turned out, you know, we weren't defective. We were just destined to fall in love and we did. And we were married happily for 17 years and never thought that ocular melanoma would come back. But that's eventually what he died of. So it was interesting that God used what was foibly or not perfect in our lives to draw us together. So. I love that story. (laughs) Thanks for sharing with us. So when we return, we're going to find out more about Arlene McLean and this book. Really, God? Are you kidding me? Trusting God when life isn't funny. More with Arlene next on Difference Makers. Welcome back to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, and Arlene McLean is an author as well as a longtime friend. Her new book is Really God? Are You Kidding Me? Trusting God When Life Isn't Funny. I love this title. It pretty much sums up a lot about you yourself, Arlene. So after retiring from radio after all these years and becoming an author, can you tell us how exactly did God call you into this outreach that was put on your heart At the age of 12. Oh, well, I think I just have always wanted to write. And I think that people 
everybody has a dream in their heart somewhere that that's something they want to do. And you just work through life trying to find a way to do it. And what happens is sometimes we get kind of frustrated that, oh, this dream isn't happening. It's not, I'm not where I want to be. And I struggle with that quite a bit. But in the end, you kind of realize that you have so much to learn before you're really equipped to do the ministry or the dream. And so, you know, even now in the last, I think, what is it, nine months that I've been working kind of full-time on writing, it's like, I'm still learning every single day, and I'm still always going to God and going, wow, God, I, I I really didn't know I needed to know that, but I do. In fact, the other day, I was having so much trouble with my computer programs, getting five programs to talk to each other, that I said, I walked into the bathroom, and I talked to God a lot, and I go, God, you know, I, I know I used to be better looking, and I like that, but I think you should try to make me a little smarter at this age. I wish I, instead of good looking, I think I'll just go for smart at this age because uh, it's all so very complicated. So, so you delve into your writing. It's funny that God put it on your heart so many years ago, yet it really didn't come to its full fruition until now. Yeah, which really parallels how many of the heroes and legends of the Bible. Where God gave him a hint. Oh, by the way, you're going to have this kid ridiculously late in life. <laughs> exactly. And they're scratching your head saying, really, God? Yeah. But I've it always- happened to you in in regard to your writing. Yeah. And I think, I think God does that more frequently than we're willing to admit. So, yes, we're incredibly self-centered in a social media era today. But I think if we listen for a still small voice, he's dropping these hints. Whether or not we receive them or believe them is on us. But it's funny you mention that because we're talking decades ago back in New York at my old church, two of the most different people ever came up to be separately. And one was a little emotionally and educationally challenged. So he just walked up to me someday and says, God told me you're going to talk in front of a lot of people. I'm like, oh yeah, that's nice. Okay, thanks. Have a nice day. <laughs> but then another one was a woman who was like, a pillar of our church, a real woman that I respect to this day. She told me the exact same thing. Well, Chris, this didn't happen until 15 plus years later. And on a trip back to New York, I actually bumped into both of them at church on the same day. Neither one of them remembered that conversation. Isn't that impressive? God's dropping these hints. And I think that we need to be careful not to take everything as, oh, this is a sign from God. I'm supposed to, you know, cheat on my wife and take this other job cross country no 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 god's never going to go against his word amen so we need not to be too emotional but certainly the council of friends who are christians and who are trained and generally care for you and who can speak truth and love and be willing to call you out for a tough conversation you need true friends who are willing to get in your face to give you these hints yeah perhaps these promptings from god so i'm glad that all these years later that piece of your heart that somehow went to being an author is finally coming to fruition. And we might hate some of the circumstances that have built up your content, Mm -hmm. whether it's a bad marriage, loss of a spouse, cancer. But at the same time, you're right in them, Arlene, but they're really God's stories. Yes. And by sharing them with others, I am convinced that your book is going to bless others and lift them up. And that's really the goal. I think he, he, you know, I was thinking back when I was young, I had went through quite a bit of trauma in life. And that journaling and writing really was how I kind of saved my sanity. And so I think that's right. He does kind of equip us. You know, he calls us. 
And then he just goes through this process of making us um, productive in a way that we're going to learn how what the message he wants us to share is. And, uh, you know, what I wrote as a young person or 20 some years ago is quite different than what I write now. My goal now, I notice, is just this is a tool. I don't have to be a best-selling author. I have to just have this tool. Kind of like these events that we host. We want to reach as many ministry leaders and pastors as possible. But if just the right individual one leaves the building with a sense of hope and that changes his or her church ministry outreach to the point where they can affect generations, then I can sleep at night knowing that we did our job, whether or not we get thousands of people to show up at these celebrations. So tell us about endurance, Arlene McLean. What has God (laughs) shown you about that throughout all these hills and valleys of your life? You know, I, especially when it comes to this book, I wanted to quit so many times. I swear, (laughs) it's just been, it's hard. It's hard to get a dream off the ground. And so what I've learned this year so far is that, you know, I am the kind of person who will endure, and I thank God for that. But there's oftentimes that I will talk to God and I'll say, God, I really get why you gave this message to me to share, because I'm just stubborn enough that I'm going to get this done. And that's really what endurance in ministry is, is you're just stubborn enough to go, it would be a big waste of time if I quit now. I need to keep going with this. And so that's really, and especially in the last you know, hurdles over this and that and the other thing, it it's you know you just learn how to endure and and that's important it's just you know making it all come together and not giving up persevering and and it's very humbling it's you know you don't know what you don't know until you get in there and you go wow i don't know a lot <laughs> so over the years arlene you've been beloved by your peers and also your clients they've stuck with you so was it difficult for you after so many years of success on the sales force to walk away from a delightful best wills of Gresham Ford and how many others? Yeah, it was really hard. I didn't realize it until we were getting close to wrapping up last year that I really did and do love what I had done. I loved my job. I loved the people. I loved the interaction. And many people I still, you know, stay friends with on LinkedIn or um, uh, Facebook, but it is hard to realize that now you have to let go. You know, uh, you're not as pivotal or involved in their in their business, and so that was hard to let go of. But at the same time, I remember it, this job, as you know, in this world, almost any job is super stressful. And when I was contemplating leaving and going into writing full time, um, I was standing in Goodwill because that's where I go when I'm all upset. And I had my hands kind of out for some reason. I was looking at something. I was like, ah. And I I heard God say to me, he goes, Arlene, your hands are too full. I can't use you because your hands are too full with what you're doing at work. Because work was a full-time plus kind of job. And so it was like God was just confirming that it was okay to let go of a really nice income and a really nice group of friends and just continue to say, okay, I'm going to open these arms, I'm going to open these hands, and I'm going to do what you tell me to do, and I know it's going to be different. So after the decades of success you've had in the business world, how do you separate that success from your identity, Arlene? That's a good question. I hate to say this out loud, 
<laughs> but I was so stressed out in my job that towards the end of it, it was like I had a friend and we would meet every week. And I said, Radio Girl must die because Radio Girl was kind of stressed out and not very nice to everybody. So we came to that process where it's like Radio Girl must die. And it's it's true. I did. I had to really let go of, you know, is my success this job? Is my success these people? And it's like, no. My success is the Lord, and that's not going to change. He still loves me whether I do this or that, and it's not my paycheck. It doesn't matter how many books I sell. It doesn't matter how much money I have in the bank. It's just this is the life. This is the day I'm walking in this day and forgetting what's behind me. So, There was a time I used Twitter, now called X. <laughs> X. I, know, I no longer do because it was so increasingly negative, but – I actually kind of use it for praise reports, right? A photograph of something good that happened. And at one point, my church community group was going through an Ann Voskamp book. Was it A Thousand Gifts yes. or something like that? Mm-hmm. Of just picking the things to be grateful for. So do you have any good hints when it comes to the average person? Not the author level writer <laughs> like right. yourself, but for the average Joe when it comes to journaling. Because it seems like a lot of your great insights have come from journaling Mm -hmm. so how do you start on something like that do you have any you know tidbits of advice you know i do i i do several things my first thing is the kind of journal you buy i hate really fancy expensive journals i would rather have a three ring notebook that you can you know just a simple book that you can write in and scribble and rip out the pages if you don't like them and set them on fire so it's like go with something that you're not going to be afraid to use I like the smaller size rather than a big one. So I mine's like five by seven or whatever. Five by smaller. Easy to carry. Yeah. So you can carry it around. I carry it with me everywhere. I carry it to church and I write church notes in it. I I just take it with me. And the secret to journaling is not, dear diary, this was the amazing thing I did today because most of them aren't very amazing. And it's like every morning I get up and I get my tea and I just say, Lord, this is what's going on. This is what's bugging me. This is what's happening. This is where I went. And it usually takes just a little bit of time and I'm in in conversation with God. And I think that's that's all you want. It's not you're not writing a big novel or something great for someone else. And trust me, my journals are not that great. They're just things of life that I like to look back and go, wow, I remember I was struggling with this, that, or the other thing. And it's especially good when you're very stressed because I, I would write in my journal, well, this happened and this happened and this happened. And I was like, no wonder I'm stressed out. <laughs> you know, it's like, and then you learn to to help yourself or God reveals to you, man, you need to go for a walk or you need to stop eating that kind of thing. Or, you know, you need your friends who are helping you process through this. And One of the great things I've done is I have a weekly Zoom prayer call with some very important people that don't go to my church, aren't involved in any other part of my life, but we get together at 7 a.m. every Friday and we pray. And it's wonderful because it's not, you know, this is what's happening with this, that, or the other thing. It's what is God doing in your life? What do you need prayer on? What is he showing you? And I'm so blessed by those friends the one that I meet on Zoom at 7 and the one that I meet every week at 9 in person. It's like you've got to have people in your life that can help you. So those are just a couple tips. Well, I think it's important to do that. And at the same time, you're going out of your way to keep it prayer focused. Otherwise, it could just be a, a moaning and a complaining session, right? 
Exactly. So how did you stumble upon these people that you meet with in person and on this weekly Zoom prayer meeting that you attend? It was great. It was through the Gresham Chamber of Commerce years ago while I was working. And we were, we've both gone, it's probably been at least eight or nine years now that we've been doing this. And it's, it's, in, it's crazy good how you can share your life with people and they can speak that truth into your life and say, you know, you talk too much, you do this. And to be able to go back and say, well, I'm really sorry that Radio Girl, you had to listen to Radio Girl rant and rave for, you know, five of those years. So <laughs> it's just been good to we share life. And it's so important. And it's good that it's someone outside your normal sphere. They go to different churches, which is great. You know, they have different kind of belief systems in some ways. So it's it's nice just to have that flavor in your life. I'm glad that you still have that. And if anything, this could just be my misperception or the fact that you're coming to interview today. But you look as if a great weight has been taken off your shoulders compared to Arlene, the queen from the sales department. (laughs) Arlene, the radio girl, radio girl must die. I, I got to the point in life where I was not happy with who I was. You know, I, at the end of my radio career, I was just like, I I can't go on like this. This is just not who I want to be. And so it's been a blessing. I have a beloved picture from our previous pastor breakfast. It was you with also retired Greg Smith, who actually, he's retired a second time as our national sales manager. Another wonderful person and friend from our sales department. And don't think for a second that a lot of us still in the building aren't jealous of you two right now. Exactly. And it goes back to that point. We are in hard times. Everyone out there is struggling. It's hard to endure. There's so much going on around us that we're just like... We need hope, we need to encourage each other, and we need to keep close to the Lord and each other. Help us through it. Author of the book, Really God? Are You Kidding Me? Trusting God When Life Isn't Funny. Arlene McLean returns next on Difference Makers. You're listening to Difference Makers. My name is Mike Lee, sitting down with an old friend, uh, formerly from our sales department here at Salem Media Group in Portland. Now she is an author. Arlene McLean's latest book is Really God? Are You Kidding Me? Trusting God When Life Isn't Funny. And that wonderful long title, every time I read it, I hear it in your voice. <laughs> so, it's available on different platforms including Amazon, Ingram Spark, but most easily through the website funnyfaithwalk.com. That's funnyfaithwalk.com. So Arlene, could you tell us a little bit about the website? The website is uh, a beautiful work in progress. Uh, Becky Schiffer, who used to work with us, helped me put it together. So oh, it's really? like you never lose your friends in radio. You just kind of drag them along and say, hey, can you help me with this? So she did a beautiful job. And basically, it's a source for Resources. The first thing that if you do, you can go to funnyfaithwalk.com and download the comedy clips that I did that basically gives you the 10 minutes of my life story in somewhat humorous terms. And then from there, you'll also find links to like apologetics, Bible study fellowship, places like that that'll be helpful to you in growing your faith and, and walking with the Lord. And then I'm also working on a book guide that will help guide people through 
using the books as a study guide in a group setting. We did it just an experiment, Sunday school class. The pastor said, hey, Arlene, will you teach Sunday school? I'm like, oh boy, you got time for that. And he said, well, uh, can I just take parts of my book? And so we did, and we discussed, you know, seven of the topics in there. And it was great because you had people sharing what was going on in their life specifically, how different verses of the Bible spoke to them. And it was just a nice building of camaraderie. So the, again, I think that the key is we need to stay together in the boat. <laughs> stay in the boat, people, and not give up your faith, not give up on God, but really find people who encourage you and be real with them on a regular basis. With your background in sales, Arlene McLean, you meet a lot of people by nature. So how do you discern who might be a great candidate to get closer to and who you might like well enough, but eh, you could take them or leave them? You know, the standard is high. You want to be getting closer to someone that knows the Lord. And so your first task is really to see their faith and just for yourself discern if it's genuine. You know, is this because sometimes you'll pick a friend who is going to be your accountability buddy or whatever, but they might rub you the wrong way. And that might be for a good reason. (laughs) You know, God may want you to have someone in there who's not exactly like you, you know. And so in particular, one of the people that I'm with, it's like we look at faith and prayer a little bit differently, but it's been really good. We've had conversations where it's like, well, the Bible says this. And we're like, yep, we agree on that. So you find the things that you agree on and that they are genuinely following the Lord and there's fruit in their life. I really, you don't want someone who, um, I'm a big fan of honesty. You want people who are going to say, yep, this is it, warts and all, you know. So finding those people is key. So as an author, Arlene, are there any books out there that you find especially admirable or you like someone's writing style or message or content that inspires you to write? Hmm. You know, I like Lisa Harper. I think that her book, uh, she has a different life experience. And so her book, Life, actually has uh, insights in it. I like the way she writes. She's been here locally in the Northwest. Um, but And I think she has a new book coming out soon as well. It's so hard because I don't see myself as an author. I, I see myself just as an average Joe. Uh, I read quite a bit. Uh, but I don't, I really try not to take away from time I should be reading my Bible. So I'm kind of glad the Bible Study Fellowship is starting again because it gives me that that foundation. Bible Study Fellowship is one of the resources linked to your website, funnyfaithwalk.com. And I'm tickled that our old friend Becky Schiffer of Forever Northwest has designed that for you because she's got such an amazing eye. To this day, we're always kind of picking her brains and seeing if she wants to help us out on some graphic or another, even though she also stepped down from the company, Yep. in her case, to homeschool her sons. So I'm really glad that uh, we still have these friendships over the years, especially with people that are good at what they do and that can be trusted. And we're all going to be in heaven together one day, so. There you go. It'll be easier then. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But until that comes... Can we backtrack a little, Arlene McLean? Can you tell us where you grew up in the first place? I grew up in Montana, and uh, I was born and raised in Montana in the western part of the state. Um, I was 
pretty poor growing up. And so I kind of I've been working on my memoir a little bit because I want to write about Paul's passing. And I thought I'd just add these other things into it. So I've been thinking a lot about growing up in Montana and how poor we were. And I think, um, you know, God can take you from the most humble of places and you are still you at 62 years later. I'm still me. I probably, you know, I don't need a lot. I'm really good at being poor because I've been poor before. But so I grew up in Montana. And then when I was 29, Lord, uh, I was a backslidden mess and I was selling life insurance because I wanted to live my dream and thought that was going to do it. And it didn't. It was a very difficult transition from selling radio to selling life insurance. So I'm about to lose my house when the one person I sold life insurance to came and said, hey, you should move to Portland. I said, huh, what's it like? Because I hadn't been there. And she said, oh, it's beautiful. It's really green. And there's a river that runs through it. And I'm thinking, that sounds gorgeous. And she goes, oh, and there's just tons of publishers. So you'll you'll be able to be a writer. And so she said, I, at that moment, I, I heard God say to me, which was odd because I didn't read my Bible a lot back then. But he said, go be fishers of men. And I thought, well, that's just odd. Okay, God was, I had been calling out to God and he said, okay, we're going to move you to Portland. So I, she says, well, do you want to come check it out? And I, before you, because my house had already been sold. And I said, no, I said, I think I should just pack it all up and go. And so I packed it all up and went and realized that it's green because it rains here a lot <laughs> and the river's beautiful. But so I just, it was shocking to me that God would just, take me out of one environment. I came to Portland and found Bible Study Fellowship, which is probably why I love it so much, because I had never read the Bible and didn't realize there was so much in there. And so got baptized and came on with the Lord and spent probably another 10 years single before I met Paul. So BSF, Bible Study Fellowship. Mm-hmm. I hadn't heard of it much until moving out here from the East Coast. And a dear old friend from a church we attended raved about it Mm -hmm. and he would take his teenage girls to it weekly and it brought them closer together and so much more strongly founded in the word of God than without BSF. So could you give us the view from 30,000 feet? What exactly is Bible study fellowship, Arlene? Okay. It's a great program. That's an international ministry, international. And what happens is it's, it's non-denominational. They don't talk about any denomination. They just talk about the Bible. And upcoming this year is going to be the book of John. And so what you do is you, uh, do a bit of homework and then you go to a group with people like you or in your little group. You discuss those answers to the questions and then you go to a lecture. And so that three-prong approach, by the time you've done that, you know that scripture. You understand all of that. And then, oh, after the lecture, you go home and read notes. And they're fabulous notes. I mean, this ministry, it's free. There are, my group is uh, meeting at Crossroads Church in Portland, uh, James Autry's church. So it's like, it's just something to check out because without it, I probably wouldn't have been as based in the in the Word of God to really know things. Because, boy, you know, I admit I had to take history of Israel three times because I still get the southern and northern kingdoms mixed up. But each year there's a focus on a specific book, and this year it's John. It's oh. awesome. Good for you, Arlene. So you mentioned being a backslidden mess at the age of 29. So was there... 
a gradual progression or was there a definitive point in time where you owned your own faith and you knew it? Yeah, that's a good question. I think everybody comes to that repeatedly. Um, I had been divorced, and when I got divorced, then I kind of felt like I sat in the side pews at church, and then I felt like, well, I really don't need to go to church at all, and so pretty soon I'm living at large, um, dating a cowboy, and that was not a good thing, drinking way too much, and uh, finally, I just struggled. I was trying to be perfect. I was trying to find the way that no one would ever leave me again. That, you know, if I could just do all the right things and make all the right decisions, my life would be perfect. And God was really showing me that summer before I moved. It was like, you can't do it on your own. And it was true. I couldn't. And so finally, I just threw my hands up and I was like, Lord, you got to save me and you've got to help me. And so I, even though I was raised in the church, I had fallen so far behind in a way that I realized I had to come back to God and that he would give me the, the discernment and the wisdom to make better choices and to make good decisions. And so at that point, it was pretty easy to say, yeah, Lord, I'm done. I've made a mess of this. I'm ready to move to another state. I quit drinking and just said, you know what, this isn't the life I want to live. And I remember the cowboy, I called him, you know, weeks later when I'm getting ready to pack up and move. And he looks at me, he goes, you're really going to do this? And I was like, absolutely. There was no question in my mind that it was time to leave Montana. I love Montana, but it was time for me to go. Leaving the drinking and the cowboy behind, and great enough is your presence here in the Portland market. So that's pretty awesome, Arlene. I'm so glad that you did, and that you came back to God, and that He gave you that escape from the temptations you were in. It's funny. It's like uh, on the website it says, you know, this is encouragement for, for people whose walk with God is more like an off road adventure, and that's how I feel about my life. It has been up and down, but it's, we all need encouragement. So. And you get more stories out of people than, ah, really, you're a good interviewer, Mike Lee. <laughs> I just kind of stumbled through it by the grace of God. Was it difficult to find a new church? Are there certain tips that you have for people who might be between regular church memberships? It is hard. I really think, again, uh, finding a good church family is so crucial. I mean, it's easy to say, I just want to stay home and watch it on Zoom or whatever, but Please don't fall into that temptation. You need people around you to help. Again, the key is finding a Bible-believing church, and you have to kind of know your Bible and finding that. But I think there are a lot of great ministries out there. Listening to the radio and kind of, that's how I found Crossroads in Vancouver. You know, find a program you like the preacher. If it's a local guy, try to go there. Also, be able to... You know, when you walk in, are people friendly? I love my church because people there are down to earth. So I, at first I was like, well, I'm not like these people. I wear makeup and I have a sales job. And in the end, now I'm just like those people and I wouldn't trade them. I like the salt of the earth people that are in my church family. I'm so glad that you've landed at a place where you have not only that comfort zone, but that accountability. And as you said, Arlene, It's about being centered on the Bible. There's enough self-help organizations out there that will fall short, undoubtedly. So I'm so glad that you've landed in great places, despite some of the rougher transitions you've had to make over the years. So is there anyone you want to say hi to or send a shout out to? Any mentor figures you'd like to give credit to? Wow. All of my faithful friends, you've all been so important to me. I just, I, I think it's 
every person that I've come in contact has really been an encouragement. Even the ones that go, wow, your grammar is really bad. <laughs> I still love them, too, because, you know, without them, it would be hard to read what I write. So I just I appreciate all that God has put in my path. Well, you've certainly been not only a friend, but a mentor to me over the years. So thank you for your wisdom, as well as your wit and your friendship. I remember you telling me about prospecting and how incredibly bad I was <laughs> See, I don't remember that story, Mike. You helped me waste a lot less time. <laughs> we have to be wise. you were blunt. And I think that's refreshing, especially here in the Northwest compared to back in New York, because people complain that, oh, New Yorkers. But what I loved about the East Coast, Arlene, is what you see is what you get. There's no games being played. You know exactly what I think about you. If you hate me, then forget you. If you love me, you will be like family until the day I die. Mm-hmm. Whereas out in the Northwest, I found it more difficult to try to really get a bead on people and figure out where they're coming from. A pastor I met described it as Portland nice, meaning everyone's going to be polite enough to your face, but you really don't know what they're thinking about you until you really delve deeply. But you, my friend, I've never had to worry about that because what you see is what you get with my pal, author Arlene the Queen McLean. And I need you in your voice to tell me, what's the title of your new book? Really, God? Are you kidding me? Trusting God when life isn't funny. Find out more about the book on the usual platforms, including Amazon and Ingram Spark, but especially on the website funnyfaithwalk.com, which also has a myriad of other resources. And this beautiful website was created by Becky Schiffer of Forever Northwest. The website address again is funnyfaithwalk.com. That's funnyfaithwalk.com, which I'll be sure to link up to the Difference Makers page at truetalk800.com. So thank you so much again, my dear friend, author Arlene McLean. Thank you. And thank you for joining us on Difference Makers. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.